I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. of the Sherlock's, which features my guest today on the program, Kieran Crook. Let me tell you a little bit about Kieran Crook and the Sherlock's. All right, I know that that song is from the Sherlock's first album, and we're supposed to be talking about their new one, but for the purposes of this introduction, the first album is a vital entry point, and here's why. The arc of a creative career, according to New Yorker writer David Remnick, goes something like this. The scruffy apprentice years, the wild burst of originality, self-parody, and then a general decline of power. Now, that arc has a depressing end, but here's the thing. Going back to the beginning, some artists skip the scruffy part, and they arrive fully formed, and they leap right at you with confidence and power. Let me give you a few examples. The Stone Roses, the Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, the Ramones, Green Day, the Libertines. You get the idea. Well, the Sherlock's are one of those scruffy-less bands, too. The South Yorkshire Outfit's debut album, Live for the Moment, was an eruption of confidence and muscle. Comprised of two sets of brothers, Kieran and Brandon Crook, and Andy and Josh Davidson, the Sherlock's are one of the most undeniably melodic bands on the planet, with a songbook that's catchy, infectious, and energizing. Their new album, Under Your Sky, skillfully sidesteps the sophomore jinx by, well, more accurately, it demolishes the sophomore jinx by checking in with some of the most riveting indie pop of the year. From I Want It All to Magic Man, this album is no scruff, just a burst of originality played with heart, truth, and soul. The band are currently on tour and they're very busy, but while driving, singer Kieran Crook had time for a chat. So, naturally... I took him up on it. And you're going to hear it right now. This is me and Kieran Crook of the Sherlock's having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Three, 
well, to begin with, I you know I love that James Skelly of the Coral uh, is the producer of this record. Did you know him, or had you met him before? We'd we'd, we'd never met him before. You know, before the first day of recording the album, we'd never even met James before, which is pretty um, pretty weird. Not not many bands would do that, I don't think these days. Like sign up to work with somebody who they've never even met. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, did you guys were you open to that because you loved the choral, or or like what made you so willing to do that? Well, we we only know like I wouldn't say we're massive choral fans. Like we we're fans of the band, but we don't really know the the back catalogs of or all the songs. But we we heard he was doing some producing and stuff, and we'd we'd seen what he'd done with other bands, so we knew we were obviously good. So he um, was we'd reached out to a, a few producers and he was like the first one really to sign his name and say, yeah, I'll work with the Sherlock's. And after spending time trying to choose who we wanted to work with, we came back to James because we realized he was the first one who were willing to work with us. So after, after loyalty, really, we, we just thought he's, he's taking a chance on us. And he's not, he, he didn't really kick no messing around or he weren't dragging negotiations on for ages. He was just like, no, I want to work with, I want to work with this band. So we, we admired that and said, right, we want to work with you. When you realized it was going to happen and it was, and you were moving forward, you must've been pretty excited about what kinds of things he could do to bring the band's sound out in a totally different way. No, oh, yeah. We, 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 um, whenever we go in studio, we've, we're always open to that. We're never like a, we're never against like any any ideas or anything like that. Whenever we go in studio, we're fully aware that we, you've got to be open to ideas. And otherwise, there's no point even working with a producer. You might as well just try and record it yourself, or, right. or just get an engineer and just us record it. So that we're on a second album now, and and both. For both records, we've been with a different producer in a different location, and I'm sure we'll do the same on the third, on the third record. We we like to change things up and and give whoever's producing at that time, like hand over the reins and let them have their input. So when when we did the second album, we we wanted to change some things up anyway. So we just thought let's let's let James do whatever he needs to do. We are sound whatever he thinks is the best for us. James seems like a very wise person. Did, did you find uh, that to be the case? Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's pretty wise. I, I'm not sure how long he's been in the coral, but he's, he's, he's a little, he's a bit, he's a bit older than me. He must be like late 30s. Um, so he's, he's got plenty of experience and I'm sure he's made a few mistakes in his time. So when, when, I can only imagine when working with a younger band, they can see some mistakes that we might perhaps make, and he's trying to he's trying to do the best for us and help us. So, I mean, we're not we're not we're not daft anyway. Like, we're pretty screwed on anyway, so we're not. We're, just keep it down, lads. I'm trying to do an interview. So, um, yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty wise, is James. How um how good are you at taking criticism? Are you better at it now, or have you always been pretty open to feedback? 
I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty open. I think we've got better as, or I've got better as I've got a little bit older. But that's just part of. That's just part of being in a band and learning. Like on your first album, I think it's a lot different. Like it's, the, on his first album, we've been playing them songs for, I don't know, maybe four years or three years or whatever. We'd been playing right. it for quite a while, and then the first album were very much get in the studio and record them songs how we know by what whatever we've been doing let's just replicate that but with the with the second album obviously we haven't really we haven't been playing them songs it's a fresh bunch of songs so you've got to be you've got to uh i don't know it's just it's just growing up in it and, and taking other people's opinions on board and not having it your own way all the time those first songs on the first album and they there's this kind of rushing um, youthful velocity to them. Like they're just, they're really urgent. Um, yeah. And it seems to me like there's the same, like on the new album, the hooks are huge and, but there's more subtlety and there's more nuance to it. I really just love the sound of this new album, but how would you describe, you know, sonically how the two albums are different? Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, well, on the, on the first album, we, um, I think we're very conscious of, like, like I was saying, because we've been playing them songs for like a few years and everybody was familiar with them songs, which is different to this album. Obviously, no one's familiar with the songs. No, like no one had heard them until it was released. Uh, with, with, with the first album, everybody had heard them songs, so we, didn't, we, didn't, we were careful not to change the songs too much. Like that were a... That were pretty much as far as our game plan went. Like we just wanted to record the songs, a more polished up version of what we were doing live, and not not change the songs too much because we feel like they were no longer our songs. They were the fans' songs, so we just wanted to give them what they wanted. Whereas with the second album, before it was released, they weren't the fans' songs. They were just our songs, so we could do whatever we want with them. Yeah, and there's like, like for example, on that first Stone Roses album, they were doing the same thing, and so that album comes across as really confident, and because they knew the songs so well, um, with this batch of songs, you, you of course they're yours, but you didn't know them as well in the sense they hadn't been that road tested as much as the other ones. So um, that must have been a little bit of a stranger feeling, a much different experience. Yeah, it is. I don't think you ever make a. You'll never make a, another record like your debut. Like it's, 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 your, it's different in loads of ways. Like for a lot of people, well, for for most bands, like a lot of bands w won't have even been in the studio before. We've we've been in the studio, but only to do demos and stuff and singles. So when we made our debut, that was the first time we'd we'd not been in any bands before this band, or we'd not released any albums and then like. Uh, rebranded itself or anything so none of us had ever made a full record in the studio before so that's what was special about his debut we're all on the same page but like you say with with this second record it you you sort of do it in reverse like the first album was recreating what you've been doing live whereas this second album's you the songs only exist in your practice room and then you get it into the studio then the songs change quite a lot. And then when you come out the other end, then it's time to start learning what 
what you've created in studio, which is surprisingly, it's been it's actually been pretty easy because we didn't we didn't overcomplicate we didn't overcomplicate the songs or overcomplicate the production on this second album. That that were like a that were a main that were like part of the plan with us. We wanted to simplify things a little bit on this album. And having worked with James, did you? Reverse engineer, did you go back and, and listen to some of those choral albums just out of curiosity? Well, before before we got in with James, did I listen no. to it? Well, I mean, like, maybe because, you know, working with him and you're like, oh, this guy's actually a really cool guy. And then, yeah. then did that make you curious to go, oh, maybe I'll go check out that Magic and Medicine record? Yeah, it did actually, yeah. I've, since, since working with James, I've actually, because he's got a solo project as well. I'm, I'm not sure if he's still doing that, but I know he's got like a solo like a James Skelly record, not a Coral record. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I've checked out the Coral stuff. The last album's spot on. Like, I, I really like the, the last album. Yeah, the, me the too. One. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, and also, he understands the experience of, of being in a, in a band with a brother. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of similarities between him and us. And I think he sees, I think he sees a bit of himself in us. Like he, he's a in England, like a north and a south, and he's what you call a northerner, same as same as us. We're from the north of England, so we, it's very. I don't know. It's like very. We've got the same sense of humour, and we get we just after after meeting each other, we sort of clicked, and it's a lot easier when you when you're from the same part of the country to each other to to get on. Were there bands from your area growing up that you looked to as as sort of inspirations, like specifically from your region? There's, well, the closest, the biggest band that's closest to us were the Arctic Monkeys. Right. And they're from like they, when 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 you think about where they came from, it's not actually, especially like like you being from America, like it, it's not. If, if you were to see the distance, it's no distance at all for like someone like you to look at how far it is. It's not far at all. It's maybe like I don't know, 15 mile, 20 mile from where mm. from where we're from. So not far at all, really. I was happy to read that you your experience in America was really positive. Um, can you tell me like what you were expecting, and then actually what the experience was, and and tell me what you liked so much about America. Well, I weren't expecting, I think we all just went into, each time we go, we don't really expect too much because we're, we're fully aware that we're, we're, not, we're not as big over in, in America as what we are here. So we just, we just, I think if you set your standards or set the bar too, too high, you're always going to be disappointed. So we just didn't really set the bar at all. We just went, did the tour, and whatever, whoever were there, were there. And and I think, well, whether you're doing that on your first few tours, and you're not going to be disappointed, like, like, you you can't really change how many. All we can do is promote it. So, because it was his first his first time coming over, we just we just enjoyed the gigs for what they were. Like we knew people weren't going to be going crazy, and there weren't going to be loads of people. So, we just had a good time while we we're over there. We, and I think his his favourite favorite thing while we're over there is is visiting places like on on his last trip to america we did a lot of sightseeing or going to like famous landmarks and stuff 
um, what was your take on California specifically? It was good, yeah. I think it's uh, it's strange. It's strange going to a place like that because it's like kind of kind of place that reminds you of like. Can you remember the Tony Hawk's games on, yeah. on the on the PlayStation? Like, <laughs> sure. Right, somehow off of that when you see it. It's strange. Tell me about you. Like, what's changed for you? Like, as a musician. Um, what has gotten better? Like, what have you gotten better at that maybe you struggled with before, or maybe you feel more confident? What element of your of your um, you know of your of your talent do you think is getting stronger? Uh, I think the songwriting. I think we're getting better at that. I think we're getting better at everything. To be fair, I think because we're still relatively new, there's still a lot to improve on. Like, if you're asking Paul McCartney. Probably not much more he can improve on. Like he's pretty much <laughs> yeah. at the top of his game, isn't he? But we're, uh, I think we're always getting better. I think we're becoming tighter as a band at playing. I'm getting better at writing songs and not putting as many parts in, just keeping the songs condensed. And you won't, you won't get better. Like we're, we're all getting better at singing the more we do it, songwriting, even performing. Like you don't get nervous or put more of a show on like I think we're just getting better at everything and we'll, we'll get better on the next record as well you're the ace of spades be much more than a one in 52 still I chase you you're the razor blade that seems to cut the air without a care and I don't know
lot of times I talk to musicians and they tell me that they're actually quite shy, um, but yet their job is to perform. Are you a guy yeah. who is, do you feel that way? Are you, are you an introvert? Are you a shy guy or are you naturally a performative fellow? No, I'm pretty shy. Pretty shy. Like, I wouldn't, if, if I could do it all over again, I, I wouldn't necessarily choose to be the singer or the songwriter. Like, it just, it just happened. But when, when I'm not in the band, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty quiet anyway. But when I'm not in the band, I'm not like center of attention. I just like to, if, if I were going out for a drink in Sheffield, I'm, I'm just, I just sit quiet and just have a quiet night. I'm probably a, an introvert. Yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me to hear that. Um, but yet, if this were a therapy session, <laughs> the therapist would say, <laughs> isn't it funny how you're a shy guy, but not only are you in a band, you're sort of the focal point of that band. Yeah, it's strange. But <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're in too deep to change things. <laughs> yeah, it's too <laughs> late for you to be uh, you know, the guy in the back. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, being somebody who performs and being someone who's shy, I mean, those two things do not go hand in hand. Yet it seems to me that most artists have that in common. So it's really interesting. Yeah, but it's um, it's fun at the same time because it's like the, the feeling you get after or, or while you're performing, it's, even though you stood up there thinking, what am I doing? Like, this isn't what I thought I'd want to do or it doesn't fit in with how I am as a person, it's quite... I think you've, I think you've, the best thing is just to not take it too serious and just have a laugh with it and just laugh at how strange it all is. Yeah, because it is peculiar. I mean, and, and also it's the kind of thing where I wonder, like when you get up there, because you guys are great live, and when you get up there, you look totally comfortable and in the pocket. And, you know, it's great. But I wonder, like, if you weren't in the band, if you weren't a musician, if you weren't doing this, like, that energy that you are getting out through the band would have to come out somewhere else. I, I, <laughs> I wonder how you would have done that. No, no. I often wonder that myself. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we, we never, like, I weren't dying to be in a band. I just, I wanted to play guitar and and... When I got my guitar, Brandon got a drum kit, but we weren't like dying to be in a, a band or dying to make it bigger or whatever. It was just something to do. So the fact that we've ended up where we are and we we get the chance now and again to go opposite states and play and go all around Europe and Asia and stuff like that is a pretty it's pretty mind blowing. But you just like I say, you just got to humour it and just not let it. If you start taking it too serious, I think that's when it your art. Like, I just, I don't know, it's strange. I just daydream and just have a laugh. Like, when I'm on stage, I'm not thinking, oh, my God. I'm just daydreaming half the time. Were your parents, were they supportive of you guys playing music? Yeah, very supportive, yeah. Because when, when I were at uh, junior school, that's, that's when I wanted to get a guitar. So then I think the... the the same year, like at Christmas time, that's when I got a electric guitar, and then I couldn't keep off it. I just kept on playing the guitar, and Brandon got a drum kit, and that's just what we loved doing. And then it just, just by coincidence, that's when Josh and Andy moved in the same, the same uh, village as where we live, 
and Josh were playing guitar. So we all just like, we all just came together and just started doing that for a little bit. And then it, it just progressed. I imagine your, because your parents, given the age you are, they must have had a record collection that was pretty cool. I don't know if you ever went through your parents' records, but I would imagine that having grown up the, the era that they grew up in, there might have been some cool cool albums in the house. Yeah. I think we all bring his own. Like mine and mine and Brandon's uh, we listen to like uh, the jam, uh, the sex pistols and a lot of punky stuff. And then trying to think like Josh and Josh and Andy's dad they were brought up on stuff like uh, Green Day and like Rocky bands like that. And then as as we've got as as you get older you start listening to it. like I quite like like Motown and stuff like that. To be honest, we can listen to anything. I think that's the best way to be as well. Like as record collections of or, or as tasty music pretty we've got quite a wide scope on it, but we can listen to we can pretty much listen to anything providing it's a, a good song and a good melody. It's funny you mention uh, the pistols and the jams. I hear a little bit of buzzcocks uh, in the Sherlock sound. Yeah, no, that's fair comment. We, we like we like bands like that who are like on the edge and a bit a bit punky. Are you pretty hard on yourself? Like how how self critical are you? I think we're very like, like very self critical. Like and anything we do takes a long time, but it's only because we care. Like. When, when we're in the studio and stuff. And in fact, there were a video come out recently We uh, James Skelly, and he's been interviewed about us. And in, in the interview, he, uh, he calls me a bit of a perfectionist because I must have just been driving him crazy. <laughs> is he right? No, he is. He's right, but that's only because I care. At least he's not saying the opposite, like, Kieran don't care enough. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, there is a kind of um, precision with translating what's happening in your brain to, you know, from the imaginary world to the real world. That takes a lot of precision to sort of bring it out. Um, and then you have to sort of take that vision and then explain it to James with, here's what I'm trying to do, as well as the other band. Um, so it's a hard process. I would think perfection is, is is a sort of essential element. Yeah, it is not. It's not easy. Like when you think about the process, it, it starts in in my head and makes its way onto a acoustic guitar, and then it, it finds its way to the band, and then we start replicating whatever whatever's in my head, and then we end up with a tune. Uh, and then we take it as far as we can get with it, and then obviously it gets presented to someone like James Skelly, and then we've got to go through that process again and let him let him say what he thinks. So then the the song, when when you look at how much a song might change from like however it started to the final thing, it's it's a crazy journey. Like some songs can stay relatively same and then some some songs just completely flip upside down and you end up with a completely different song and the only thing that's the same is maybe a couple of lyrics or a melody but it's good though it's exciting i think that's that's the reason we're doing it because you never really know where you're going to end up with or how your record's going to sound 
and obviously if you knew where you were going to end up you probably wouldn't do it because it'd just get boring yeah, it'd be boring. And do you feel more creative than ever? I mean, because it sounds like you've already referenced the next record. So it makes me think that you must be creatively, like, completely in the pocket. Yeah, definitely. There's no, uh, there's no time to rest. I think you're always, I think we, I think all bands should be like that, though. Like, always wondering what's next. Like, there's always something for us to do. Not, aside from, like, songs and songwriting, there's always, we're always looking towards the next thing. Like, if we've got a big gig, once that big gig's done, it's like, right, when's the next one? Right. So that, that's just exactly the same with the songs and 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 the vision of what the next album's going to be or the next few albums. You can't help but overlook and, and wonder what's what's in the future. Well, you know, you mentioned the jam. They put out like seven records in six years. And I love the idea that, um, you know, in in the last 20 years or so, you have to wait two and a half years between albums. And it sounds to me like the Sherlock's are, um, you guys are, are setting a really cool, uh, faster pace than, than most bands. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I certainly hope we are. Like, hopefully the, the third record, it won't, it won't take as long as the second. And then the fourth, like, same again. If we can keep churning them out, and and but not not just churning them out, but sake of getting them out, like actually putting out good records where you can be proud of it, and and know that every song on the the album is a good song. Yeah. Oh, I was happy you mentioned the the third album. Now you've mentioned there there'll be a fourth. I, I'm even happier. <laughs> yeah, well, providing we providing we don't split up. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, a, you know, a band made of brothers uh, has a good a good chance of not splitting up. I know I know sometimes we, you know, we see bands with brothers where it does happen, obviously. But um, there seems to be a real tightness in, in the Sherlock's that comes through in the music. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're either destined to uh, we're destined to split up or destined to definitely stay together. But we'll we'll find out. Uh... I love the album, but I'm going to give you my three favorite songs. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So I love uh, Waiting. Um, yep. And, is that uh, your top song? Great song. And I love Now and Then, but my favorite is Under Your Sky. Yeah, mine too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds a little bit different. and it's, I like how big it sounds. I think it's the biggest sounding on the record. And you just know... With songs like that, you just know they're going to sound good live. Uh, once we get it in a venue and crack it up, they're meant for big spaces, big venues. How do you challenge yourself creatively? It's difficult with songs because there's always that worry of whether, whether a song will sound like your band. But when you look at these these two albums, I mean, we're only two albums in, but when you when you listen to all the first albums, there's, there's quite a a bunch of different kinds of songs on there. Like it's not, I think it's pretty varied compared to some bands. Some bands release an album where it just sounds like the same song. Right. Over and over again. Whereas I think our first album, we've, we've set the standard with that. I think we've, we've showed people that we weren't just a one trick pony. And then I think with this second album as well, I think we've done the same thing. Like there's, when you look at songs like Give It All Up, 
compared to Magic Man, compared to Wonder or Sky. There's, there's a lot of different kind of songs on there, but you start realising that all these songs are actually like way different to each other. But in answer to your question, probably we'll probably keep ourselves uh, challenged by not worrying too much and, and realising that no matter what we do, it'll always sound like the Shailots because I'm singing on it. Josh is playing guitar on it and so on. It's going to sound like us. So I think that's probably the best. That's probably how we keep ourselves challenging and trying new ideas because we don't worry that it, it won't sound like us because it always will in some way. Well, Karen, uh, thanks for talking to me, man. I love your band. I love this album. And uh, I can't wait for you to come to San Francisco. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, nice one, mate. When we, when we finally get over there, you'll have to uh, come and have a beer with I'll have a beer with that guy. He's a nice guy, that Karen Crook. Uh, the Sherlock'sMusic.co.uk, that's their website. Go there and uh, buy their new album, Under Your Sky. There's some very collectible stuff, by the way, on their site that you can order. You know, I was just kind of taking a peek, and uh, there's some very cool things. There's a colored vinyl version of the new album. Uh, there's a bunch of T-shirts. There's a beanie. There's plenty of Sherlock swag uh, for your Sherlock Shrine. <laughs> Plenty of things to put next to your your uh, collection of Kieran Crook's hair. <laughs> Where'd you get that, you creep? Come on. Uh, anyway, visit the site, buy some stuff, buy the new album. I know you're going to dig it. Uh, now, you don't have to build a shrine to me, uh, but I would like it if you would. I'll give you all the stuff for it. I'll give you uh, my hair, and uh, what else do you want? I'll give you what you need. Uh, or you can just go to my website, alexgreenonline.com. Check out what I'm doing. Uh, I got a new book coming out. I'll talk about that ad nauseum in the coming week, so don't worry about that. The shameless self-promotion and uh, verbal narcissism is about to kick into some very high gears, so be prepared. Get ready, okay? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Ember's Editor. Follow me on Instagram, at Ember's Podcast, or just email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Now, I should remind you that Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Last.fm, Stitcher, Google Play, and now iHeartRadio. We're very happy uh, to be available everywhere. So please, subscribe wherever you're comfortable and uh, leave a rating, maybe a nice note. Look, I don't want to exhaust your goodwill. Uh, you've listened to this program week in and week out. And uh, for that, I'm very appreciative. But, you know, ratings and nice notes these days, well, they go a long way. So thank you in advance uh, for doing that for us. We appreciate it. All right. Let's close the show off with the title track from the new Sherlock's album, Under Your Sky. This is my favorite song on the album, and it turns out it's Kieran Crooks, too. So uh, there you go. All right. Okay. Enjoy it. I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. When I wake up in the morning Is it all gonna be alright So we can run away To a holiday in the sun 
Today 